So, Lang, thank you for coming on the Hustling with Houses podcast. I know we tried a couple of times to do this, and finally we've uh, we've got you on. So, how are things with you today? Yeah, it's all good, Callum. Um, thank you for inviting me. Um, like I say, you know, I'm, I'm struck with man flu at the moment, so I'm hibernating at home, away from the misery. So, uh, I'll try my best to to do this not free, if you like. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's all good. All good, my end. Brilliant. Well, like I say, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. I know you're, you're obviously a doctor. You're very, very, very busy. So, again, thank you for coming on. So, for people who don't know who you are, Lang, um, who are you? What is your backstory, and, and what do you what, what what do you sort of do? Yeah. So, um, Callum, I've trained as an orthopedic surgeon. So, I've been in the NHS now for over eleven years. So, I went through all the trials and tribulations of COVID. I'm, I think that was the peak of our our powers and uh, you know going through that over a decade in the nhs that really took a hit on the workforce and then before that i think uh in 2014 we arranged our first junior doctor strike which was unprecedented and i was on the board for that um and yeah just just uh dealing with trauma mangled limbs (laughs) amputated limbs and trying to fix things back together again peace bodies back together again was what I've been doing for the past 10 years and yeah I mean it's been a long journey Um, so I came originally from Bristol so I was a Bristol graduate um, and after six years of graduating and doing multiple other degrees um, and also dabbling in football and and cricket for county I I kind of that kind of led me to to medicine and then eventually um, transitioning out of it just purely because I think COVID really did a number on us. And, uh, and after that, it was, it was just, uh, it was, it was a simple decision for me because family health should always come first. And I was finding that um, I was putting my work as precedence above everything else and seeing my niece and my nephew grow up, that was a huge sacrifice, not being there for my parents. My dad got admitted to ITU recently, so not being there for him, it really um, really dawned on me. I was going through some tough times as we all do um, you know, a couple of years ago, but uh, that uh, that was a real eye opener. That's why I, I left medicine. And there was also a stark reality that I was living paycheck to paycheck because there's this misconception doctors are paid very well. Whereas actually the majority, which is over 75% of the of the doctor contingent are junior doctors, and that's everything below a consultant. And we're not paid great, and especially when you're um, living in London, you are, so I, I found myself in spareroom.com living with strangers who I didn't know, some interesting characters. Um, but you know, you, you live to fight and another day and I'm here to tell the tale, but it was not an easy time, you know, um, working 12 hour, 14 hour shifts and then having nothing to show for it at the end of the month. Mm. Yeah. It seems to be, you know, doctors and, and, and nurses and anyone sort of involved in the NHS, it seems to be from the outside looking in. It's not really a job. It's like a full-time lifestyle, isn't it? Everything is dedicated to that, and it's 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 a lot. It must be a lot to take on, especially as a as a doctor. Yeah, you're you're sold on the passion essentially, and that's how people 
entice you into the surgical or medical world is you really need to have a passion for what you do. And if you don't have a passion, you're good to no one and you might as well be doing something else. And it's that mentality, which I think is so draining on the workforce because we do try our utmost and it really does wane on the passion. And that's what happened to me. I love operating. I love treating patients. But, you know, I I tell this story multiple times. The last patient in clinic uh, said to me that he'd rather... um, well, he, he said uh, I, he was walking in perfectly fine. He wanted a hip replacement at 45, and I told him he would not thank me for it. Um, and he said he deserves this treatment because he pays my wages, um, which is kind of the in, the misconception now in public because taxes are so high, everyone pays their wages. And I, by then I, I checked myself out and I literally looked at him and I told him, you know, that's really interesting you say that because I pay my own wages. I pay her wages. Here's a complaint form and you know where the door is. Um, and it, it kind of was the beginning of the end for me, changing in public perception and also the way uh, we were treated in terms of our working schedules. Mm. So did you know Did you know from a sort of young child that you wanted to be a doctor or...? Yeah, my dad was an orthopedic surgeon as well. So he kind of took me into theatre when I was about 11 or 12. And uh, it was it was, it was was absolutely mad. I was standing at the back of this freezing cold theatre, shivering my balls off. And then he just sort of told me to come closer and he was dissecting this knee and I couldn't really see what was happening. And then he just flexed the knee up and the knee joint nearly hit me in the face. I just thought this is the coolest thing in the world. Um, so there was definitely the glitz and glamour side, which so sold me. My dad, he had his own issues going into orthopedics here in this country. But um, yeah, no, it was that, that was the moment where I thought, yeah, this is so cool. Yeah. And and obviously I can, I can see that you, you, you're sort of upset of, sort of where it's gone to and stuff like that. So what 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 was the, the factor for investing in property? Have you always had a sort of entrepreneurial spirit or is it the fact that you've just, it's just with what you were doing now, it's it's like you kind of said, it's, it's you, you're looking to grow more wealth or is it from an entrepreneurial side? It's probably all of the above. It's multiple reasons. Like most people, I think they'd give you a reason to secure financial freedom, if not for themselves, for their future generations and the extended family. That's ultimately the major driver. But from a personal perspective, it was really hard uh, to see, you know, really close family members, my mum and my dad, you know, not build up a financial pot or some form of security to sustain themselves in in old age and you know it's not it's not easy to look at that and and try to help and support them and kind of live live their journey was tough so it's exactly what i've said in terms of try to sustain some form of financial stability to help provide for others and and obviously to try and help provide for myself as well it's a yeah, bit of a yeah. divide from what I was doing in terms of full-on 14-hour shifts to mm-hmm. something which is slightly more passive. But 
It's cra- it's crazy to hear from a, an actual doctor that you know, like that's a conception I had. I thought doctors were, you know, sort of on Brewsties and 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 yeah, and, and living sort of really well. I know, I, like I say before, I know they have the lifestyle, and it's literally, yeah. I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and it tends to be sort of, you know, if you've got a doctor, they tend to be wife or husband tends to be a doctor and it's probably because they're so consumed in in, yeah. in that, I think um, but the, it, it, it's strange hearing from an actual doctor that you know um, how the wages be and stuff like that but obviously London living in London's you know it's that's tough for anyone isn't it yeah and just to give you a, a brief window and insight into finances because uh, you know this will surprise a lot of people so you know our, our salaries, starting salaries as doctors, um, are about 35 to 30K. And then they go up to, so after 10 years, 11 years in, in practice, I was on 70 to 75K. That's all inclusive. Um, and then, you know, the general consensus would be, but you're going to graduate, you're going to become a consultant, you're going to earn private practice fees. And, if we talk about private practice in terms of finances, my old boss used to say that he used to work every Saturday, every Saturday, and had to do two hip replacements to break even. He was only making money if he was doing three or four. And that's because your insurance costs as a private, because you're an entrepreneur when you're doing private practice. So you have to cover your company fees, your theater overheads, your nursing costs, your, your, um, you know, all your virtual assistants or, um, you know, even your anesthetist, you have to employ them because you're the surgeon. All of that is a huge amount. But just to give you an idea, insurance costs alone are about 30K per year. So, um, so that whittles away against your profits. And that's why if you want to go into private because doctors do have this option that you are contractually obliged to work three days in the NHS per week as a consultant, the rest of the week is your own. But if you decide to go, Oh, I can dabble do one day or two days in private, you'll be at a loss because you'll have to offset all of those additional expenses. So you have to make a decision. You either work your ass off or work a bit, and sustain yourself some other way. And that's, that's you know, a common misconception that doctors are well paid. Yeah, they can be, but if they're working six days a week, they will be paid. But what's the point when you have no time to spend it or enjoy it? That, that, that is crazy. And like I said, I, I've never even, I never even thought of things like that. Like insurance is obviously much needed for, especially in that sort of, sort of sector, but that, that, it's something I've never even thought of at all. But where you are now, then, is obviously you, you're investing. I know you've got investors. You, you've had investors on board and stuff like that. Is it is, is property is property something you're passionate about? Passionate about? Yeah, massively because it's my own. You know, the company bottle is your own. I've never been an entrepreneur. I've never been a business owner, and you treat it as your own child. You know, you're so in, emotionally invested in it. Um. And attracting the investors, I I do feel like I'm a little bit of a niche because I know what consultants are going through. I've been there myself. They're financially heavy, but time sensitive. 
And if I can show them the return of investments of some property, and it's always good to diversify, rather than just put your money in your bank, as, as everyone knows, you know, degrades with inflation. If you were to diversify into different assets, you know, stocks and shares, gold, whatever it may be, property, I feel like I've um, just through word of mouth at the moment, because I haven't really delved deep into marketing yet, but I hope that at the end of this year I will be, uh, that I've been able to attract investors from the NHS space, which perhaps not many people will be able to tap into. Yeah, most definitely. You obviously understand the, the pain points, and I can, like I say, I can clearly see you, you're passionate about it, and you know you 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 definitely be looking to help help other people get out of the same situation that you sort of you're in and trying to sort of leave. So, where where is it that you are looking to invest with property? Um, so at the moment, I live in London, but uh, I, I'm looking to invest in Cardiff. So mm. a lot of people ask me why Cardiff, you know, it's a bit of a random place and it's so far away, but it has so many fundamentals going for it. It's mm. a capital city. It doesn't have strict regulation on Airbnb at the moment. Uh, it's still, <clears throat> sorry, it's still a relatively low barrier of entry pricing wise. So it's still relatively affordable, if that makes sense. It's got good transport links. <clears throat> and um, yeah, sorry, that's the man flu creeping in again. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's got good transport links and also it attracted major events. So the Principality Stadium last year, I think Beyonce came down. This year, I think Taylor Swift is uh, touted to, to come down. So you've definitely got traction from major sporting events, major music events. And then it's, it's also a site, a capital city, which is still in development. So you're still going to get many conveyances, um, um, surveyors and the rest of it come down and wanting a place to stay either in the midterm or short term. So I think it's a good place to invest because capital appreciation in that area has been great over the past three or four years yeah i know i know a few people especially down london down southway um invest sort of wales south wales and like say cardiff and stuff like that um i believe it is quite a, a good place to invest i noticed that you said there about sa is that what you'd be looking to do would you be looking to do the short term short term market there yeah, I, th- I think cash flow is king. You can't always rely on, I know a lot of people rely on the BRR method and it's great, you know, it's a good way to pull out capital. But the issue with it is, um, it is the cost of raw materials at the moment, is the cost of building work. And uh, that, again, it whittles away against your profits. And then on top of that, with interest rates as they are, there's no guarantee that you're going to pull that money back. And that that the time that you take to, to employ that BRR is a bit difficult. So I, I, I think relying on that as a sole strategy for a cash injection to build is, 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 kind, is a little bit dangerous. Um, so that's why I put a higher precedence on cash flow, which is what Airbnb is. You know, you're able to charge a high nightly rate. You can guarantee that. You can forecast it. Your expenses are greater, but you can factor that into the equation. And by and large, it is a riskier model because it's more hands-on. 
It's more mm -hmm. a business as opposed to an offhand investment. But if you put the effort and time in, you can really automize it. And, uh, and you can reinvest those profits in elsewhere, you know, to purchasing other properties. Hmm. And why, why did you not go for the HMO routes? What was your, what was your thoughts on that? I think it, with the HMO routes, it kind of uh, allied with my own personal interests. So with HMO, not only was the regulation or the strict regulation put, put me off slightly in terms of making it compliant, but also I really like the art and design element of Airbnb. So to really upgrade it to a hotel hotel type standard and add amenities that can boost the guest experience, that really um, that really attracted me actually. And I did art, art when I was uh, younger, so it kind of collaborated with that sort of interest. So yeah, yeah. it was a um, bit of a passion kind of thing. Well, where where do you find? Like I said before, to to, to know what I said before about the doctor sort of being a lifestyle rather than a job way because I know you do networking you go to events where do you actually find the time to to to, to go to the you know go to event how do you actually find the time to be an investor if you like it's it's not easy and a lot of people don't see this on social media they see the you know the walking by the beach in Dubai check me out I've got 200 properties and uh, I, I live a carefree lifestyle they don't actually see the hard graph that goes behind that and probably I'm, I'm culpable of that as well we all are we want to celebrate our highlights and we post that on Instagram but we don't celebrate the times when you know yesterday I was in my pajamas still working at 1am here on the couch so you don't see that that bit um but i am um working three jobs at the moment sort of uh, yeah um so i've got you know the the medicine side of things i still do that ad hoc but i've left my job fully as an orthopedic surgeon but i i kind of ad hoc do these shifts mm. as a tertiary side income and also to maintain my status as a doctor and then i also work for pharmaceuticals which is my main job and then hopefully i want to transition into property full-time so um, my third source of income at the moment is deal sourcing so i've just opened up a website uh which has gone live as of today which is good um took a while to to create that one but um that website will hopefully cater for investors prospective investors coming into the space but also anyone who was in my position 12 months ago and wants to know how to sort of baby steps get into the profession um it can it the website gives you an opportunity to to offer some mentoring that way too so it's multifaceted um uh, and it, yeah um it's yeah. not easy i work six days a week um but it doesn't feel like a job when you're working towards something bigger you know yeah what is that website called it's called the propertysurgeon.com I'm really excited for that because I think you've got a real niche there where, you know, like I said before, you understand the pain points of, of other doctors and what they're going through. And like I say, it must be tough if people have this misconception of, you know, oh, they're all right, they're on, you know, loads of money. And like you say, you're working around the clock. It's not like that. And I think you've really got a niche and you really understand, you know, the, the, the pain points of, of these doctors. Um, one thing I would say, if... Let's fast forward to sort of maybe five, 10 years, you are financially free, you are, you know, you've got 
all the income you want coming in from from properties. What do you think you would do then? Is that where does your passion lie? Would you continue to do property investment? Would you would you go back into the sort of doctoring if you like, maybe one or two days a week? What, where where would you be? Do you think what what would your plan be? I, I I love teaching, so it's a big it's a big thing for me. So I'd love to if I was to make it uh, at you know like some of these other guys that I follow on Instagram and like yourself, you know maybe one day get my pod, my own podcast. Who knows? Um, then I'd love to mentor and I'd love to educate and teach people how I've done it. Um, so I wouldn't be you know sitting completely idle doing nothing um, because that would drive me insane because I'm kind of mechanically built to keep doing things. Um, And I would still be a doctor. I would still be practicing. Um, But from a property side of thing, I would still look to build on my portfolio. I wouldn't look to dispose of anything, but I would look to do more educational events. I'm actually... Health and fitness is huge for me. I love, I, you know, love going to the gym, love doing, um, I just went to a Muay Thai boxing class last, uh, last year in Thailand, which was insane. Um, but I'm looking to do something fairly unique this year along those lines in terms of a networking event, which I haven't actually seen in space yet. So, um, yeah, watch, watch out for an invite. Um, and I'm hoping to do something Kobox style-esque. So, uh, I don't know if you know about Cobox, but it's essentially like an underground DJ vibe sort of fitness camp. And uh, I've, I've sourced a gym. Um, so I've got a good friend who um, who owns a gym at the moment and then uh, set up circuit rounds, a DJ fog machine, strobe lights, that sort of thing, and try to turn it into a nightclub slash fitness, fitness retreat. So that's the plan for, so for August time, I hope. I, I love that. I love that. There's a guy. There's a, I think he's. I think it's a guy. There's a there's a guy around ours who does a, a similar sort of thing, and it does really, really well. It's called Shredfast. I know the one. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, the, the the numbers they're doing are incredible, and it, yeah, it looks amazing. My, my girlfriend just went last week, and uh, she loved it. She loved it, and uh, the prices they charge there are extortionate, to be honest. Yeah. But, but it looks like a proper a proper rave, and like I say, like it's clear it's clear that you are quite entrepreneurial. You're thinking of these things, you know, and and looking at implementing them. So, so yeah, that's, that's amazing. What um, it, would that be in London? What that you're thinking of doing doing this? Yeah, it'll be London Bridge, I think. So right. it'll be easy for people up north and also sort of in the Midlands to reach. So hopefully, you know, uh, it'll kick off, and then I can turn it into an annual thing, and maybe even a and a broad thing, a fitness retreat, maybe in Spain or Italy. We shall see. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. And so, what are what are some of the are your plans for for this year? Then, what are some of your goals and plans for this year? Um, so, at the moment, I've got systems in place to purchase more property. I've managed to increase my income. I've been lucky enough to do so, but you know, it's not come without hard graft and. I hope to build on my portfolio and to invest more in service accommodation in Cardiff, um, really start the ball rolling there in terms of cash flow and reinvest into the company. Um, then I'm looking more f- towards the marketing side and really scale up the deal sourcing element and tap into the NHS market, hopefully um, attend more conferences, medical conferences, where I can pitch up shop there and 
and sort of just put the word out of the property surgeon and see if anyone's enticed to invest um, and show them financials and, and testimonials from people who have. Um, and from a so that's from a professional point of view. From a personal point of view, um, I think I'd like to do two life-changing experiences a year. Um, so last year was my Muay Thai uh, in Thailand. This year, um, so we booked a uh, diving um, paddy course in uh, the Red Sea. So we're going to do sort of diving in in uh, deserted shipwrecks under uh, under the sea and and um, caves. And then I've also just now actually just booked a, um, <clears throat> a canyoning experience. I don't know if you know what canyoning is. Yeah. Um, so canyoning is essentially what it says on the tin but it's where you go into canyons and you 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 start off at very high point so you hike up and then you abseil you just jump you slide down lagoons and uh jump in pools of you know um flowing water and it's really awesome if you haven't tried it um i took my girlfriend on her birthday last year to the lake district and it was amazing and we got told that the best place in the world is Ticino in switzerland so we booked that and we're going to take a helicopter up there to to do it so yeah it's gonna be you know nerve-wracking but uh we'll see investors travel insurance yeah (laughs) how was the um how was the the Muay Thai in Thailand. That, that I, I think we spoke about that briefly, didn't we? I think I dropped you a message saying it's incredible. I'd love to do something like that. How uh, was that. If you do, let me know. I can tell you exactly the places to go and the things to do. Um, it was brilliant. He, an experience I've never done before. And, you know, we were there um, not fighting against, but next to UFC fighters, sort of professional UFC fighters come down there to train. And it's amazing. It's a it's a one stop camp essentially, and everything in that camp is catered for fitness. So if you're big on your health, they've got you know they've got coconut water on tap, and they've got acai bowls, they've got sweet potato fries, they've got steak, you know, fish, all freshly grilled, freshly cooked for you, and it's all you know very reasonably priced. So we had six days of one to one. So one hour boxing lessons and then the fitness classes and they came to about 10 pounds each. So it was, it was absolutely worth going out there. And then, you know, I, I thought it'd be great to really get into the culture. So I tried some scorpion and cockroach in the market, deep fried, backfired big time. I, I was out for the count for about two days and my, my girlfriend mushing up antibiotics next to my bedside, like an old man. Um, but, uh, yeah, I recovered from that and, uh, it went well in the end. That That's funny that the exact same thing happened to a, I went to Thailand a few years ago, maybe 2018 and one of my friends that we went with, he'd done the exact same thing and I, I knew instantly he'd regret it. And that's what happened. The, uh, he was in bed for maybe three days of the, of the holiday, so he, he definitely regretted that. But, yeah. but like you say, that that's why we that's why we do do invest in that. that that's my passion is traveling and, and and going to places like this. And I like to do funny that you say about the two sort of ex- experiences a year because I like to I like to do two big. You know, I like to travel three countries a year, and you know, try and do one big experience a year. Um, 
which is yeah, which is which is amazing, which is how I, I when I get the profits from property, I tend to put it into into obviously in, into other properties and then into that because that's that's just what I love and and that's why I do it personally to to, to be able to do things like that. Um, What's your uh, experience this year? What are you going to do? To be honest, with we're looking at um, we're looking at Kilimanjaro. Oh wow! Yeah, we're look, we're looking at that, but it's I don't know yet. We're not one hundred percent sure, but me and my friend are looking at that. Um, I love I love America. I know some people aren't too keen on it, but I love America. I, I love going there. I love we me and my uh, partner. We went to last year. Was it last year? We don't like the sort of Route sixty six sort of thing. It was brilliant. It was one of the best things I've done. Um, Amazing. Yeah, maybe not as wild as some of yours, but just just <laughs> just, just interesting to me. And I, yeah, well, and I, I, not too bad. We were planning for Everest in January, actually. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've got the uh, don't think I've got the balls to do that. To be honest. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love if I don't come back, at least I'll have the social media stuff still on there. So. <laughs> People will remember me. Yeah, well, like I get a bit obsessed to be honest with things. I, um, yeah, I, 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 it's funny that you say that because obviously looking into Kilimanjaro, you start looking into others, and um, I looked, I looked into that, and I thought, Jesus Christ, even yeah. The, like the base, you've got the base camp, haven't you? And then a guy, a guy in our gym has has done it, and some of the stories from it are incredible. But yeah, I don't know if I've got the the heart to do it, to be honest. But <laughs> incredible still. But so yeah, so there you there your plans then. So what? A bit of a personal question. This is okay if you don't want to answer that. That's mm-hmm. completely fine. Where where do you think the? It's kind of off off property related now. Where, where do you think the NHS goes from here? I just don't think it's sustainable. I think invariably we're going to uh, lead to a privatised system. It's not going to be as privatised as America, for example, where people who are just impoverished are left to their own devices and can't afford treatment. Um, but I think it's going to be subsidised care for them and based on income but i think everyone's going to have to pay eventually because it's not sustainable when you're um having a heart attack and an ambulance takes six hours to get to you something is fundamentally wrong with the system Mm. and paying 10 pounds in a and e for your health i think anyone can afford that right and i i am a big advocate for the nhs i do you know like the fact that it's free to the point of care but the NHS was not designed in 1949 to cater for cancer and other degenerative conditions. It was free for conditions which were easily and quickly reversible, like if you had an infection, give you antibiotics and you were treated. But if you have cancer or you're you know, 85, 90, 95 with dementia, with nowhere to go, 60% plus of hospital beds are occupied with these sorts of patients. So there's a huge backlog and it's clearly a fundamentally flawed system because hospitals are being treated as social care beds. Um, and it's, it's just not, it's just not sustainable. So I think invariably we're going to be leading down the, um, the private practice line and that's going to be, or the private line and, and that's going to be the end of the NHS. Hmm. It's a shame, isn't it? But like you say, at the moment, the way it is, it's, it's, it's tough. My, my girlfriend, my partner's a, um, trained to be a nurse, so I, I hear all about it. 
But I, I, I have no, I have no clue. To be honest, I don't, I don't know too much about. I'm not, I'm not very clued up about it all. But I can tell, I can tell. You know, anyone that's involved in it, like yourself, and they understand from the from the inside rather than people just saying, "Oh, this needs to be this, this needs to be this." From from the outside, it's 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 easier said from someone who isn't in that role. But you guys, you know, you're taking the raffle, aren't you? So. Yeah, I mean, you know, it got to a stage where we had so many rotor gaps, people were just filtering out, you know, transitioning out of medicine because they just couldn't cope with the workload, couldn't cope with the abuse. And we were being, and these gaps were being filled by overseas doctors, sometimes with no credentials whatsoever. And point of care was becoming a real jeopardy. And then also, you know, the doctors who were, uh, who, who did remain in the system were filling up two or three gaps in the rotor and you know i was running around like a headless chicken i developed a kidney stone because i just didn't drink enough water couldn't go to take a shit you know didn't have time for that and one of the um, medical consultants told me i'd need a you know mini surgery to clear the uh, stone because it was too large to pass thankfully I, you know i passed it but this is the situation at the moment that 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 that's extra it is when, when i you know when you hear it firsthand from someone who's who's involved in it it's it's quite it's quite worrying because you're looking you're looking elsewhere to to invest in property which is great and, and i i encourage anyone to to do that but when our own doctors or are trying to look for a way out to to yeah to, to get out it's it, it, it's it's half worrying it, it, yeah it, it's it is it's worrying yeah, it's, it's sad um, because the best and the bright, I'm not saying I'm the best and the brightest, but I've seen a lot of my friends who, you know, graduated with first class honours in university in medicine, which is a grueling six year graduation program, all leaving and doing other stuff because they're talented enough to fill roles and do well in companies which actually treat them, treat mm. them rather like, a, not like a number, but, you know, as a, as a human being. So... Yeah, it's 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 not nice, but um, I think something dramatically does need to change. Mm. Already, your colleagues, if you like talking about property and, and and stuff like that, are they talking about other ways of sort of maybe exiting to to have a better lifestyle and, and potentially invest in property? Yeah, I've already sort of cited three other doctors in pharmaceuticals um, and. More, many more every week I get requests now from doctors um, who want to leave and I remember when I was applying for a job in pharmaceuticals the job would go live and lit, literally after going live in a, in three hours they had over 700 applications so you know for a single job and you have 700 applications in three hours it's just it's madness Especially for a, especially for a job of that level as well, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, because we're all super specialists at my level. We kind of we've developed a skill set now, which you know, if someone if I was wielding my scalpel scalpel out in public, I'd probably get arrested for it. But you just think as a doctor, where are my skills transferable? How can I transfer my surgical skills to something in property or in pharmaceuticals? But it does command the same technical skills like focus, drive, being receptive, communication skills, interpersonal people skills. All of these things really come in handy. 
And with with property, then, like like I mentioned before, if you've got to the point, well, when when you get to the point of sort of financial freedom via property, um, is your plan to stay in London? Is your plan to move move abroad? What 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 are your plans? Um, well, I broached this with my girlfriend as well, whether she'd want to move abroad for a year or a couple of years. She's she's a dental surgeon, so she may not be able to have as much freedom as I do. Um, but it's something we haven't ruled out. We'd love to, you know, experience living in another country, at least for the short term and see how we go. But like everyone, family is the most important thing, you know, and there's this shift in responsibility when you're older that you need to look after your parents just like they looked after you as they get mm. older. So I think we'd want to be close to them and close to close to my niece and close to my nephew, see them grow up. Yeah, most definitely. And I, I, I 100% resonate with that. My mum and dad are, uh, for, for my age, a lot older than other people's mums and dads my age. So I definitely resonate with that. I'd lo- absolutely love to live abroad. That would be incredible. You know, waking up to the sun every day and stuff like Where that. Where would you go? Do you know what? I don't know. I'd like to... <laughs> I don't, any, it, it sounds terrible. It's like, anywhere, <laughs> anywhere but here. Do you know when I when I go on it? When I go on it, I always say this to my friends and when I come back and family and stuff like that. But when I go, like we went to Sri Lanka last year, and their way of living is just so simple but amazing, and it's just everyone's happy there, and it's just yeah, it's just an incredible way of living. And you come back, and I I sort of. I say to my, my girlfriend and stuff that like it's kind of you come back and you see this sounds terrible but you see sort of England sometimes for for this sounds terrible for for what it is sort of thing. It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, I got a job offer in Australia in Sydney to work as a, as a surgeon about six seven years ago now, and I say to this day that is the biggest regret that yeah. I've ever made that not pursuing that um, because. I got told that if I go, it'll be incredibly hard and I'll be berated for it, for going and leaving the NHS. I won't be able to come back and become a consultant. That's what I was told. So, um, and these, you know, these open threats are spread. They're endemic in the NHS and that's why a lot of doctors feel trapped. But um, now I'm building for a future, just like you are, where you'd like to have that, autonomy of decision-making where you can choose to go wherever you want and manage from wherever you want in the world. So that's, uh, yeah, that's part of the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah, most definitely. Well, Lang, it's been, it's been amazing speaking to you. It's been, it's been quite eye-opening to be honest, speaking to you and, and, and hearing your story. And I wish I could, I wish I could spend a bit more time speaking to you, but I know you're a, you're a busy guy. So I'll, I will let you go, but if anyone is looking, if there is any doctors, nurses, any anyone or, or anyone for that fact, looking to invest, looking to just connect, and and like I say, you've got an incredible story. Just just to ask you any questions, where is best to find you? I know you've got your website, but what is your sort of your Instagram handle, and where can people catch you? Yeah, so it's the property surgeon. You can message me on Instagram. Uh, I'm on TikTok and YouTube, and yeah, thepropertysurgeon.com. It's hopefully quite easy to remember so you can find me on on the website as well on google so yeah any anyway i don't mind brilliant well lang it's been it's been a pleasure having you on and like i say thank you so much for making some time i know how busy busy all your doctors and stuff are so to have you on is an absolute pleasure likewise Callum. thanks for having me no problem at all lang thank you again and, and all the best for 2024 take care mate
Hello people, hope you are well. If you are enjoying these episodes of Hustling with Harvard's podcast, if you'd be kind enough to leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you are listening on, we will be eternally grateful. Thank you very much and see you on Tuesday for the next episode.